Chickity chick. Hello, hello. <clears throat> I think we're, you know what? I woke up with a frog in my throat. You know what a frog is in your throat, zombie? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Have you ever had a frog in your throat? All the time. All the time? Well, this is probably not the best fucking job for you. Then. No, I just got to warm it up. Warning, warning, warning. This is a Vangerville production. Please don't chick, steal chick, chick. Thank you for your time. Now have fun. <laughs> that was perfect, except for the shitty weed. Now, here regrettably is the Shang Show. Yo, it's Sunday night. Wow, my voice is a little off. I do not sound great. <clears throat> I don't sound great right now. My son's got a little bit of a cold. Do I have laryngitis? I don't know. He's got something. Sounds Do like I have dino-laryngitis? This is not the verbal <sighs> bourbon I've come to expect. Shane Show. <clears throat> Hello. Yo, I sound shitty. Ugh. I never sound shitty. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hold on a second. Hi, Anthony. I have a case of laryngitis. I don't know where that came from. My son has been sick for the last couple of days. It sounds like you gave it to me. I woke up this morning. First of all, no Danny, no Vanger. Just the Zombs and I. We were going to wait till 12 and Vanger was going to come do the show. And I was like, you know what? Scram. Scram. White privileged Christian creep. Yeah. Anyway, I I woke up this morning and I st- I was talking to I I was at the I went to the coffee bean this morning and I went like I I hadn't spoken yet so I went down to the coffee bean first of all I woke up at I woke up at nine or eight thirty or what I had I went to the Rams. Philly game. That's a whole other thing we'll get into in a minute. But I woke up at 9. I didn't speak until 11 to anybody. You don't do... This is your normal weekend. Yeah, sounds normal. Uh You don't speak to anyone all weekend? I do my best, yeah. To say no You don't talk to these people at the hostel? No, not unless they ask me any questions, which they usually don't. So you will go like a couple days without speaking? Yeah. That's so strange. It's definitely strange for me. I remember, this is why I get, I, so I get, I order my coffee and I'm like, should I get six shots of espresso rice? I was like, what's happening to my voice? And then I start, and then I got in, and then I went a little, I went into a little bit, a zombie K-hole and I was like, oh my God, what if I have, what if I have throat cancer? What if my I lose the verbal bourbon? I was like, Jesus, is this a possibility? Am I? Is it over? Is the radio show? I started doing that. The tumble? You know this. Oh, the zombie K-hole. It's just you getting anxiety. You do this all the time. Yes, I do. I am a professional at this. Yes. The zombie hole. I was. I started thinking to myself, what if it's over for me? And then I was like, oh, you know what? I'm just, <laughs> it'll be okay because I'm too brilliant. I'll write books and I'll just write instead of talk. But I was literally having a whole for 15 to 20 minutes on the way to go cl- to get Clancy for the game, I was like, holy shit, is my voice... But this is... Laryngitis is a thing. It is a thing, baby. It's going to go away, right? Yes, after a couple of days. A fine. couple of days? Yeah. Well, what do maybe. I do this? It, what says, a- it says if signs and symptoms of laryngitis persist for more than three weeks, make an appointment. So you shouldn't be longer than three weeks. 
Three weeks? I can't do this for three weeks on the air. I sound terrible. Chicken, I mean, chicken. it's not the best I've ever heard. <laughs> I don't have a cold. I just have laryngitis. I saw your book in there about not smoking anymore. Alan Carr's yeah, how's that Stop working? Smoking. That I've been reading. Uh, I've been pacing myself. Oh, yeah? I've been. I've read four pages in three weeks. Oh, yes. Taking it slow. Absorbing the information like a sponge. Exactly. And by the way, that was amazing that you had that laryngitis shit like that. You're really getting good at this. I am going to have, I'm going to take another shot at the smoking. December 25th, I am going to do the Carrie Gaynor Stop Smoking, Start Living program. I got a friend of mine, this guy named Rick. I don't know if you know Rick personally. But you know Rick's penis. At what? I you do? know Rick's penis. I do, personally. Do. My well, own two mi- eyes. Millions of people know Rick's penis. Rick's penis is nice. How do I know his penis? Have you ever seen the Paris Hilton sex tape? Oh, nope. No, I have not. Oh, you haven't? No. Okay, well, Rick's penis is the star. He's in that tape. He's the, the, the Rick's penis is the star of the of the Paris Hilton sex tape. Oh. You've never seen Rick's penis? No. Rick's, Rick is a friend of mine for many, many years. He's one of the most wonderful guys ever. He's completely misunderstood. A lot like me. We're very much alike. He was a crazy crackhead maniac. And then he's sobered up, and he's and he's able to he's been able to find joy and uh, financial freedom. Mm. He's a well uh, he's a well off man at this point. He's a businessman of sorts, and he he uh, invested. There was a guy named Kerry Gaynor. Everybody, get your Googles out now. Kerry Gaynor, Kerry Gaynor is the world's authority on small on quitting smoking. Mm-hmm. There's a lady in Boston. I don't know her name, and Kerry Gaynor. These are the two people that have the best, uh, they have the best success rate. Carrie is a guy, he's this wild dude. He looks like a Muppet, and he's uh, he's got a little place in Santa Monica. It's like at his house. And so 14 years ago, 13 years ago, I ended up getting on that Survivor show. Hmm. And I wanted to win a million dollars, so I was, uh, I was like, "What could, what, what could stop me from doing?" Well, I smoke a lot of cigarettes, so I was like, "You know what? I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to go on the show because I don't want to withdraw." So I go see Kerry Gainer, and this dude's a crazy guy. And then he met, and then he mesmerizes you, or what's the, what's the, not mesmerizing? Yes, he hypnotizes you, and he, uh, and then you go once, and you keep smoking. You go back again. He, you hypnotize, and then. And then uh, you're not supposed to smoke anymore. Well, the second time he hypnotized me and I drove from his house to the 7-Eleven to get cigarettes. <laughs> but I didn't really want to quit. I just wanted to quit because I didn't want to have to deal with the withdrawals on Survivor. Anyway, it's 14 years later. And Carrie Gaynor hooked up with a couple of guys, Rick. Right. And this other guy. And Rick was an investor in this Stop Smoking, Start Living program. Sounds like I'm getting paid for this. I'm not. But he, Rick, at first was investing because he thought, oh, my God, Kerry Gaynor's the world-renowned quit-smoking guy, this creepy-looking dude. But it works. This guy, you, you got to go see this. I should give you, 
Because he does other things. He does, like, sex stuff, like if you've had sex abuse and shit and uh, if you can't sleep or if you, if you eat like a fucking warthog. This guy does all the hypnotizings. He does it all. He uh, Maybe I'll give you some money. You go see his ass just because I want you to see this dude. He is a wild-looking dude. He looks like a Muppet. Anyway, uh, my buddy Rick and, and, and a friend of his, uh, uh, Andrew, they were like, uh, they were like, oh, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna invest. We're gonna get the we're gonna get the rights from Gary Gaynor, and then we're gonna make the DVDs, so you can listen to Gary Gaynor on the DVDs, and you go through like a it's like a three week process, but you don't have to go to the guy's house. You can do it in uh, Maine if you want to. And they were gonna sell it, and they thought they were gonna make a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Well, it's years later. I don't think they're making a billion dollars, but they have all of these kits that they've made. And Rick, and this is the shit, I'm not trying to blow up Rick's spot, but Rick, this is the kind of guy Rick is. His name's Rick Solomon. Rick is, he's got all these kits for for people to quit smoking you. The world-renowned hypnotist, Kerry Gaynor, he's like, you know what, fuck it. The world's been too good to me. I'm going to give them away. So he literally just wants to give you, there's thousands of them. So here's the deal. If you want to quit smoking, how did this turn into an ad? I don't, I don't it, know. That was pretty good. Keep going. Powers.shane <laughs> at gmail.com. There, I think it's like, I think they. I think it was like $500 for the kid. He's just going to give them away. He just. So if you want to quit smoking or you know someone that you want them to quit smoking, Rick will just, I'll get you the, I'll get the info to Rick and he'll just send you the, He'll just send you the kit for free. I'm not. There's no bullshit. There's no way. I, I anyway. I don't even know why I got talking about this. Rick's penis. Oh right, his penis. Yes. Paris Hilton, but he's got a nice penis. You, have you seen it yet? You googled it. No, no, I didn't Google it. Google Rick's penis. Oh, just geez. Rick's penis. I want to see if his. I want to see if that comes up. Uh, Rick's penis. It's a very nice penis. Mm, no. Does it come up? No, no. It looks like I got to do some digging. Isn't that right, a video type, you have to buy? Type in Paris Hilton stunt cock. No. <laughs> type that in. Oh, my God. You seen this thing? No. That's gorgeous. Rick, you have a nice penis. Come but on. He's, got, he's a nicer person. He's a fucking... No, my, my Google doesn't do that. Well, no, you got to take the safe mode off. I don't think it's on safe mode. Yeah, it is. Or I don't. You know, based on this weekend, unless you put it back on, <laughs> did you have the you had your normal weekend routine? Of course, it's all great, Shane. <laughs> it's all good times. Unbelievable. So anyway, <laughs> I I I I don't even know why I brought this up, but I'm uh, well because you said in the book and the thing. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start the DVDs on Christmas Eve. And then on J- January, December 31st, I'm not going to smoke any cigarettes anymore. So I'm not going to, I'm going to quit smoking January 1st. I'm excited about it. I don't want to get this laryngitis because, because we got money to make and I got, I got, I got things to talk about and I got opinions that I, I got people to inspire. I got people to get mad at. I can't be losing my voice. Yeah, seriously. I'd be pretty sad. I do you like think the cigarettes have again. to do with this or is this my son bringing some germ into my house? I feel like it could be both. Like it could be <sighs> that he brought a germ in and then you were smoking cigarettes and so that aggravated the situation because uh, it suppresses your immune system. Too. I also was listening, you know, I was watching the news and I went to the game today with Clancy and I, and then, you know, we were coming home and I, I it was Danny and Yuseni are going to be tomorrow night to finish up wifey week 
Uh, and that'll be nice to talk to them. But, you know, Danny need, Danny works his ass off. He needs to not come here on Sundays anymore. I think it just needs to be the three of us. But the, the Vanger's got Milo. And so I, I was like, you know what? I want to do this alone with you. Uh, and then I was like, you know what? I got laryngitis on top of it. So I'm really going to. I'm really. I, I really wanted to do the show tonight alone because I want to see if we can do this right because I think we can, even though my voice, I sound like a. I sound like an 80-year-old lady. I know. You sound old for the first time in your whole life. In my know. whole life, I sound old right now? Yeah, it's strange. Am I looking old? No, just sound I old. was at a party this weekend. I There was some girl. There were a couple girls looked at me. I swear <laughs> to God. They looked at me like I was 70 years old. No. I swear. How can you tell? Because, what do you mean? You, you can tell. They're, first of all, these are not old girls. Uh-huh. They weren't, they're not, you know, they're not on the old side themselves. I think they're in their early 20s. But they looked at me and I saw them looking at, uh, they were, uh, I went to go play some dominoes with a friend and it was some friends and then it turned into this other thing evidently. And then, and then uh, I just, these, I saw these young girls look at me. They looked at me like I was fucking 80 years old. Like you had no sexuality or something. Zero. I'm not, no, I've got old man smell. And, uh, you don't have old uh, man smell. Well, no, that's what they were looking at. They were looking at me like that. They were looking at me like, oh my God, this guy is fucking ancient. And I just, I, I, I they were talking amongst themselves, having fun. They were, and they were acting like young, beautiful chill, kids. Mm-hmm young 20 year old girls or 25 whatever you they were having the nicest time they were and they were excited and chatty and they were and i walked up and it was like a cop entered the room it was like a narc i they they looked at me like oh shit dad what did i do am i in trouble i was like what do you i it was so Anyway, that's crazy. That happens to me all the time. That's funny that that's barely happening to you for the first time. I've always been the not cool person that walks in and they're like, oh, everybody stop talking. She's here. Well, no, I'm cool. They just think I'm old. They were like, fuck, you're old, dude. They looked, I could tell they looked at my, the last thing on their minds when they looked at me was sex. Did that bother you? I think that, you know, like in the last five years, yeah, I mean, I used to walk into a room and I could, you know, the six years ago, seven years ago, I'd walk into a room and the ball would just get bounced at me by every, like all the chicks were like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? And they bounced the ball. And then, uh, you know, the fucking changes, <laughs> the <laughs> changes have change. happened and it's not, I don't, that doesn't happen anymore. I don't want, I don't walk into a room. And I don't have I I can no longer purely just exist on my physical looks. Hey, there's a now listen. You start talking to me for five minutes. Oh yeah, you're hilarious. And the ball starts bouncing immediately because it's safety and laughter. But the, the not the I used to walk into a room and chicks would have been like, oh my god, who's the hot guy walking? That's not happening to me anymore. And my poor girlfriend, she's got to deal with dating the old fat bald guy. It's uh, I anyway. Uh, this happens for dudes. This habit, I used to be a very good-looking guy. I'm not a good-looking guy anymore. It's okay. I understand it. You get old. That happens. But you just go through phases. You're just like, and then I'm looking at my buddies. I'm like, you're fucking 45, too. Yeah. Why Why? Why are you still attractive? Because there are. I got 45-year-old buddies of mine that are still good-looking. Not me. 
Because they were 50. planning it. They planned it. They planned what? Getting old. Well, so you mean they took care of themselves? Yeah. I don't know. It's just the whole are thing. They, are exciting. they buddies that smoke? Not really. They don't smoke. They didn't drink a gallon of vodka a day for three years. I mean, I listen. You I had, had a great a, fun time. I had a good run. <laughs> Right. How was your weekend? What did you do? You did nothing. You it didn't speak to anybody. Awesome. You no, didn't I talk did. I went to, to go see my grandma. She's always nice. She's no, what grandma. is? It? Hold on a second. Your grandma and you, you go hang out with this broad a lot. Yeah, every week I try. Every weekend or every week? Every does she weekend, listen to the show? Oh, I think she has tried to listen to the show, but quite frankly, she's just getting. She's she's a little ill right now. I don't think she can even. I don't think she remembers to even. What do you mean? She's like dementia? Well, she's got cancer. And um, every time she gets sick, it's like harder and harder for her to recover. And this last time she had her gallbladder had an infection. So she had to have a surgery. She went to a rehab and she just made it back home. But she hasn't really gotten out of bed since then. So we're just kind of. So you go there and hang and just get sad? Um, it's very much not sad. Even if she can't move, like she's still, she's still. She can't move. I mean, she doesn't, she can move. She can How get, old is this broad? She's. 78 now. Is she going to die soon? Well. Is that okay? It's not. It's the I circle mean, it's of the life, Simba. It's the saddest thing that's ever happened. Yes, it's, and it's true that it's probably going to happen sometime soon. She's been having cancer for a little while, and she was completely against any kind of chemotherapy or anything this whole time. She's been using cannabis oils, and then the, the tumors really did get smaller, and they stopped growing. But, I mean, she's just getting older. Okay, she's not weed advocate. I, oh, okay. Listen, there it is. <laughs> you hear the voice? Yeah, you're back. Wow, that's really fucking weird. Yeah. That voice just came back. I don't. Maybe drank I, some coffee I don't, or something. Maybe it was no. It's coming. The frog's coming back. Anyway, so I was like, you know what? We're gonna do the show, and it, it's gonna be fun. I'm sorry about Grants. Is there anything we can do? There's nothing we can do. She's just she's dying of cancer. That's what happens. Yeah, we're right? just hanging. We're just keeping her comfortable. You hang with mom and her, or just her? Just her. It's it would be dad. That's her son. Was my dad, but I actually haven't even talked to him in like over a year. Why not? Ooh. What do you mean? Yeah. He's he's uh we was he the guy that was part of your abuse? No, he was the guy that pieced out, and even after he found out what was happening, he was like, "I'm on too many drugs, so I can't help you." So okay, like, so uh, he's a so he's just a. Do you personalize his addiction? No, not at all. Actually, I've totally forgiven him, and he and I are on good terms. It's just one of those things where it's like this is a difficult parent, and you love them from far away. I love him, and I'm never gonna not love him. And he really did help me get sober. It's just not really the kind of thing that I'm like, let's forge forward and make a new relationship now. It's it's just leave, leave sleeping dogs, you know? So you can love him from afar and you're totally you know, and you've gone through your heartbreak of him abandoning you because he was a drug addict and all that shit, or you right. haven't? No, I have. Like up? it's already healed and I understand that if I were to call him today and need something from him, he would be there for me. I know where he is, I know how to get a hold of him. He's just an incapable man currently in his situation. Right. So. All right. Well, you know, listen, shit like that, you know, shit can get fixed. Yeah. I, uh, I, I did nothing. My, <clears throat> there it is again. My girl went to New Jersey, and I was going to go with her, and then she gave me the pass of a lifetime. I don't, this, came, this was from her. She looked at me and said, you know what? The fires are cracking. You should stay. And I was like, you know what? You're right. You're there could sure. be a fucking fire come up over this mountain. I, I, I'd have to be here and take care of the cats. So I got to stay. Uh, I got to stay in L.A. this weekend. It was very nice. It did nothing. I watched. I got a couple of the movies. You know the screeners, because I'm too old to go to the movie theaters now. I'm uh, I'm too old to do anything except just sit here and die with my fucking voice. But I got that I Tanya movie. Oh. 
which I'm excited to see. I might watch that tonight. The uh, It's the skater movie with uh, about Tanya Harding and Jeff Galuli. And Sebastian Stan, I think, is coming on the show. We have him locked in on a date now, January 6th. Hopefully he gets nominated for a Golden Globe because uh, it'll be fun to sit down and talk with him about that. Uh, but I'm going to watch I was going to was going to watch that and then I went to this game today. The Eagles the Eagles and the Rams played today at the LA Coliseum. I don't the LA Coliseum is like 110 years old. It's this beautiful building and you walk through it and you're like, "Wow, this is the Olympics happened here in like 1912 or 1908 or something." I mean, they built this gorgeous building for the Olympics, and it's literally is like I think it's a recreation or some kind of a weird mock idea of the Colosseum in Rome. That was the that was the 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 inspiration. But this building's 105 years old, and you roll in there, it's fucking shady down there. It's where they do the uh, they do the carnival. But the carnival, the, the the Tyler's Carnival, it doesn't seem so shady when Tyler's Carnival was there. But when you go down there today, man, during a football game, this shit, there's a lot of there's a lot of crime happening down what? there. And then I go, and then the thing, I get out of the car, and the thanks, Barnsey, Barnsey, I, I bought Barnsey's tickets. Barnsey's tickets are like on the eleventh row on the thirty yard line. These things are sick. So I got uh, Clancy birthday tickets. Well, you parked a car in the lot four, and it's right next to all these idiots that are uh, tailgating. I've never understood this tailgate thing. You go to the football game f- uh, three hours early and get hammered in the parking lot and eat. The people got the uh, stoves built out of the back of their trucks, and they I, I guess they hang out and talk about being fans of the of their foot. They all get there's Eagles and then there's Rams over there, and then you can tell it starts to get a little weird. And then there's the crazy Mexican Ram fan who starts drinking the weird gangster Pruno, and then there's like a fight. It's all it gets weird. It's so I, so, but you know you you walk through it because that's where we're parked, and then we go into the. I, I try to go into the. I try to go into the the stadium because Clancy's like eleven years old. He, he, this is the only thing that re- he really cares about, other, other than his wife and his kid, is Eagles football, and they're ten and two, and they got a real shot at winning a Super Bowl. So this guy wants to get there an hour early, and we're sitting there. There's nobody in the building except us, but I guess he just wants to soak it all in and watch pre games and shit. And I know I'm signed up for this because this is what he. I, I get it. So we roll in the thing, and the lady's like, "Oh, you can't bring your cigarettes in." Oh. I'm like, what do you mean I can't bring my cigarettes in? It's an inanimate object unless I choose to light it up. Wait, I don't. There's no no cigarettes. I'm like, okay, well then, what do I do? She's like, you either got to take them back or throw them out. And then I'm like, well, what about? Uh, and then Clancy gets interested. He's like, well, what about Nicorette gum? They're like, yeah, no, Nicorette gum's not allowed in here. And we're like, what are you talking about? There's no Nicorette gum, no. So now I throw my cigarettes out. And then the lady's like, you got to throw your lighter out, too. So now I'm fucking stuck in the Grams uh, Philly game. I don't even I, I, I care for Clancy to win, but I don't my team's not playing and I'm not going to have a cigarette for five hours. So I, I'm already off on a terrible foot. The lines are awful. I use the sh- food is shitty. Uh, the building is a gajillion years old and you, wa- you have to walk through these tunnels and when you walk through the tunnel and get to the other side, you look out and it's just, it really is, <clears throat> it really is a gorgeous, gorgeous, old, broken down building. And we uh, we watched the game. They ended up winning 43-35. And I, I, will, I do have to say this. 
And I try to break my life or I try to break my year into moments. And, you know, I've had a, I've had, and we're going to share them. I, everyone's got a, that, that's homework for everybody because when we get back, before we go away on Christmas break, we do a 10, a top 10 moments of the year. So you'll have to write down your 10 favorite moments. Uh, I've got, you know, I'll work them out. But I think Clancy, you know, when you watch, I know that a lot of people think fans are stupid uh, or being a fan of anything is stupid. And, you know, my girlfriend has a real problem with, with fans. Uh, just fan culture, fandom, uh, idolatry of other men uh, that play sports. She thinks there's something very strange about it. And she was on the other side of it because she dated like a, a fucking pro athlete, a guy who's like a, you know, he's a major league pitcher. And so she traveled with him for a year and got to see all of the ridiculousness of fans. But I got to say, there's nothing like, you know, I don't, you, you like sports at all? Mm. You got nothing, you got no I... connection to sports at all? Not at all. I swam in high school and I did water polo, but I only okay, did water but I don't polo because they made me no, do it. I don't want to talk about the gay sports. I want to talk about the. <laughs> I want to talk about the four like baseball, football, basketball. You don't. You you've never half rooted for a team because you had a I, boyfriend. Well, yeah, that, totally. Every time I date somebody, there's inevitably like they have some sort of team affiliation, and they're like, "That's your new team now." And I'm like, "Okay." But okay, it's and the not. creep that was in Arkansas. Were you a Razorback? Is he a college no. football? He doesn't care. He just likes basketball. How he is did. that guy, by the way? He's probably miserable. I don't Are you texting know. him? No. There's no texting at all. Well, there's no, there's not no texting at all, but it's not like any reg with any regularity. Okay, and what's going on? And you, I guess we're canceling you and Hoot for Wifey Week. I didn't know he was on the roster. Well, no, we were thinking about it, but it sounds like you and him ain't doing too well either. Well, we're not not doing too well. We just are, live fourteen thousand miles away from yeah, each other. Yeah, he's so far. That's not fair. That's not fair. It isn't fair. It's not realistic unless you're like, hey, five times a year we see each other and we pretend that we're uh, boyfriend and girlfriend during the times that we're hanging. Oof. But then when you go back here and he goes back there, you guys can kind of do whatever it is you want to do. Even that's not enough. You can't get there with that one? No, you got to live near where I live. You got to be real close. But what I, if this what if who takes care of your emotions uh -huh. and you guys text and face chat and all that shit, whatever you people do. And uh, and you guys get to see each other 18, 23 days a, a year. Can't you really, uh, can't you enjoy each other in that and, and build a nice little thing? And then uh, and then when you're not together, you're not together? It would not be my preference to have a relationship like that. I would have to be pining after that person every day that they were not there. It seems really sad. So wait, you mean, so if, okay, so if you and who were to hang out, let's say he comes out here for a few days, he stays with me. Why not? Uh -huh. I'd let Hoot stay in my house. Yeah, why wouldn't you? He's the best. He's great. Okay, except his team sucks. Well, Brute McScoot. I don't know anything about that. All right, so <laughs> he, let's say he comes out here, you guys go to the movies and eat some ice cream, or I don't know, whatever you guys sure. do to date, and then you guys want to take it to the next level, and oh. he and he starts to make out with you, and then you're like, you know what, Hoot, I just, I, I your body's beautiful, I need to have sex with you, and then you guys have sex, oh, uh -huh. and then you guys have sex a couple more times, because he's here for like four more days, and then he goes back to Ohio. And you're here. Mm -hmm. You couldn't disconnect because uh, you'd have you'd be pining for him. Yeah. Yes. Of course. Yes. You couldn't be like, oh, while well, he's there, he's there, and I'm here, and I'll meet other people, and 
and do a dating thing? Isn't that normal for I guess, people? That, no, yeah, I could do that, but why would I? Don't understand why would I do that? Because it would be joy. It would bring joy to your life. That who to have that experience uh, twenty days a year, wouldn't it? If you were doing that with Hoot and he lived in Ohio, would you close yourself off from meeting other people here? Yes. I would not want yeah, to be see, having sex with that. multiple people at the same time. Well, you're not that having seems... sex with multiple people. You're having sex with him three days or eight days or 12 days a year. Oh, no, no. That would be a looping around of, t- no. Uh-uh. And then can't, he'd can't. be out and then someone else would be in and then he'd be back in. Oh, that's so like, oh, musical chairs. No, thanks. What do you mean? He's in Ohio. Well, he doesn't care what you're doing, and you shouldn't care what he's doing. And then when but you guys I are together, would is the operative trip situation. On that. Your of brain course, would I would. The chemicals. It's not even like I'd be trying. It's like your your body will do stuff to you that's like, oh, you love that person now. It is. Chicks get weird with these. Todd, these they get weird <laughs> with this chemical shit. A girl, you go inside a girl, and she her body just starts to crave you chemically. Isn't that why is that? I don't know. I don't know. I just know that I don't fight against it. I just I'm like listen. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not gonna sleep with you because I don't want to fall in love with you. Goodbye. Like I don't see what the problem with that is. You can't sleep with someone and not fall in love with them. No, nah, it hasn't happened yet. So every person you've ever slept with, you fell in love. Yeah. With. Suddenly, I was like, they can't do anything wrong. So the second someone enters you. Goes inside you and you accept them, well, like to- their face. You get dick drunk. <laughs> yeah, that's yes. it. You can't. And you it's ca- over. Yeah, you it can't is over. like have the experience and then wake up and go. Well, that was very very nice, and I sure. enjoyed that intellectually. And yes. there's other people that have that same apparatus, yeah. and I could enjoy that too. Mm-hmm. But I don't have to get all fucking wired in on this one guy. You, you that doesn't. Yeah. Happen. Oh, I could try that. It's really funny that you're suggesting that. Like, I haven't tried really really hard to do that. I like, don't. I don't know what I you have, try to do. You know, all I know like, is you sit around in your house and don't talk and play with I your just cats and jerk off the now. I'm bank. like, I'm just someone who just has like different different needs but so like when i've tried that like i'll even try to like write it down to like convince myself like i don't care about so and so we just had fun one time they don't care about me leave it alone it doesn't work <laughs> you're like i don't care i'm just going to fuck you i don't care where are you why yes. are you not calling it's the next lines are coming right what did i do wrong why am i such a yes, shithead yes. yeah that's okay well listen i don't I don't know enough about that stuff. I, 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 I know this. I know that I really, really like Hoot, and he's not going to be on Wifey Week because he's not a wifey. I mean, you guys are not, uh, you're not, uh, you're not uh, chasing down any kind of thing, right? No, that's such a huge responsibility, too. I didn't feel like I was ready for it. What do you mean a responsibility? To be saying that you're like with somebody and you're like taking on like the idea of like I have their feelings in my hands and I can crush them. That just feels really bad. Wait, I you don't... guys were doing that? You guys weren't doing that. You weren't even having sex. We were not uh, dating. No, we were like thinking about it. But then it just pretty much right away. I just thought this is. You were thinking about dating without ever having had sex. You were thinking about. I mean, being we did committed. go. Well, we in our brains, I think we both agreed that those few days that we were together at the carnival, those were like dates. <laughs> you are too, we thought of them as dates you're fucking too weird okay hold on a second <laughs> i want to play this uh-huh. because oh. this is what is this is this has been taking the internet by storm yes and there's a lot of terrible things out there that take the internet by storm kim kardashian balancing a champagne glass on her ass I, didn't she break the internet? Yes, yes, okay, yes. and there's lot and there's lots of terrible people uh, getting hit by cars. I, what is it? <laughs> Why do people? And I know you do, and I know Todd does, and I know I do. 
and I know everybody that's listening currently does, why do we find it so funny when somebody hurts themselves? Oh. <laughs> what, what, what is that? I don't know. It depends on how badly the person got hurt. You I was walking I through funny. my living room. My girlfriend is laying on the couch, mm-hmm. <laughs> walking through the living room, and my knee squares up with the corner of a table. Ah, oh, just jumped out And I, you. it just right at me. And I, it hurt so bad. And I was hopping around on one leg. I was in so much pain. And I looked over at my girl, and she was in a full snort laugh what do you, why do people laugh at other so there's, there's listen i'll watch that shit all day long on the internet people beating each other up bum fights uh i don't go on that world star hip-hop because i'll end up watching that shit for 15 hours people beating each other up in the in the in the alleyway in ohio uh or outside of i'll watch all that shit but this this kid and I'm sure every I'm late because uh, this came out. Did this come out Friday or Saturday? Or maybe we'll get the maybe we, it was super instant. It was either Friday or Saturday. I want to say even Saturday. There is a kid named Keaton Jones, and Keaton Jones. I don't know where he lives, but uh, Dana White retweeted this video that he made. He's from Tennessee. He's from Tennessee. They don't like me in Tennessee. I tried to steal their quarterback, and they ratted me out to the NCAA. Fuck you, volunteers. I don't really like anything about Tennessee except for Keaton Jones. Now, Keaton Jones, uh, he's being bullied at school. Yeah. And, uh, well, here's the deal. Dana White uh, retweeted it, and I, uh, I, for whatever reason, I was looking at Dana White. I don't think I followed Dana White because he's a fan of Donald Trump. But uh, it came across my feed, and this is this is Keaton Jones. Why do they bully? What what's the point of it? Why do you find joy in taking innocent people and finding a way to be mean to them? It's not okay. What did they say to you? They call me. They make fun of my nose. They call me ugly. They say I have no friends. What they do to you at lunch? Put milk on me and put a hand down my clothes right at me. Is it just you? Yep. Or is it other kids too that feel that way? Say it's other kids too. How's that make you feel? I don't like that they do it to me and I for sure don't like that they do it to other people because it's not okay. People that are different don't need to be criticized about it because it's not their fault. But if you are made fun of, just don't, don't let it bother you. Just stay strong, I guess. It's hard. <laughs> but it'll probably get better one day. Oh. All right, so that's Keaton Jones. Now, here's the deal. This is what's really great about the world is that I think that's got like 70,000 retweets and there's a thousand there's 21 a, million views on Facebook 21 million views on Facebook and the entire country is rallying around this kid and his feelings being hurt yes and uh, the outpouring has been unbelievable and there's a lot of different things 
that go viral every day that don't need to, clearly. Uh, but this makes me feel good about the planet. It, you know, love is, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make this whole, I'm not trying to create a, I'm not trying to create any kind of scenario where we're like, we're, we're writing us. But love really is like that. There are, Donald Trump Jr. retweeted that, right? And for one half of a second, I had a cool moment with Donald Trump Jr. because he retweeted that. And he said, listen, when you're out there in Vegas, if you don't have anywhere to stay, you can stay at my house. And there are, you know, we are in such divided times currently in this country. We are deeply, deeply embedded in our tribal uh, political views. And I just... That kid is going to give so much joy to so many people because of that video. And, uh, you know, I listen, bullying sucks, man. Everybody has been bullied. And then then there are other also people that are just bullied and they're and whatever. For whatever reason, most of those people, they're, they're broken or they've been hurt or they've been jacked. But, the, you know, the, you watch that kid and you see his, you see the sadness in his eyes. You, the, the, the music, really, the, 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 the audio didn't really capture it. You've got to peep him. But it made me feel good about, made me feel good about just the fact that people were looking into that. And I think he's going to, I mean, that kid's about to have a great life now. He's going to have... He's got people wanting to take him to movie sets. He's going to go meet the UFC guys. I mean, he's like a... It reminds me of the... You remember the Bat Kid? No. There was a kid in San Francisco. It was Make-A-Wish Foundation. It was a couple years ago, and it was he wanted to be Batman. And he was... I I hope he's not dead. He had cancer, some kind of terrible child cancer. And so the... the, Right. Blood cancer. And so the, the the whole city of San Francisco got crazy about it. And the mayor called Batman, picked up Bat Kid. They gave him an outfit. And then the mayor of San Francisco called and said, listen, the Joker's down on blankety blank. And he got in a Batmobile and he drove. And then the whole city got involved. And then they were fighting crime all over the city. And it was just, it was a... Uh, we need more of that. We need more of stuff that's gonna uh, that's gonna. I mean, we are so ready to fucking divide each other, man. We are so ready to pick a side. We are so ready to start fighting. I wake up every day and I'm like, "Where's the fight? Where? Who am I gonna fight today? Who am I gonna uh, have an argument with? Who am I gonna try and uh, s- uh, persuade that I'm right?" And those videos, stuff like that, it reminds you we're not as far away from each other as we think we are. Republicans, Democrats, pro-choice, pro-life, pro-gun, anti-gun. We, it feels like we're a far away from each other, but we're not. You know, I have discussions on my Facebook a lot with I got friends of mine that I grew up with in Nebraska, and a lot of them are conservative, and a lot of them are gun-toting. And a lot of them uh, are, are uh, Trump fans. Uh, and when you start to have dialogue with them, you do the immediate, that there's that immediate like, I'm right, you're right, I'm right, you're right, I'm right. 
uh, no, I'm right. And then you and and you you put out all the reasons why the other's right. And then you read that. It's like a big maelstrom of like, uh, you know, Facebook posts. And you're both of you are so in it to win it. I'm going to I'm going to show everybody who's reading why I'm right and this and that and the and then the dust settles. And I'm thinking to myself, fuck that guy, yeah, my buddy Andrew. When I was 13 years old, that guy was my best friend. That guy had my back like no other person ever. When I was 13 and, a, and terrified of everything and, and, and being stupid or not being cool or that guy with me and that, that guy was in my foxhole with me. And I know that he feels the same way. And so then, after you get into the the the, the, the all the, the ar, 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 you win, I win, ar, ar, then there's like this weird little message, man. How's your family? And he's like, dude, my family's great. How's Boston? And I'm like, he's really good. Because ultimately, even though we're doing this huge fight and we want and we're on opposite sides of the fence, ultimately, when it's quiet and it's just the two of us. We want to figure out a way to understand the other. We want to figure if it's a one-on-one private kind of thing, there's this desire to understand and learn where he's coming from on my end. But because social media is so public and it's uh, and it's a public forum and there's ego involved in social media. And so, well, Andrew, I'm going to prove that you're wrong because of A, B, C, D, and E. And, I'm, and by doing that, I'm going to show the world how smart I am. And I'm going to show the world how clever I can be. And everyone that's re- – it's all this like – but if you sit down with someone that you don't agree with outside of the public forum – where other people are involved or having a judgment about what you or the other person is saying, if you just hit them on their DM and go, dude, I don't get where you're coming from, but I care about you and I want to learn so that I can at least understand because I know you're not evil. Like everyone's trying to, on my side, is trying to tell me you are. They're evil. No. Most Republicans and Democrats are not evil they're just dug in yeah so when we get back i've got the i'm gonna steal this shit from vice there's like a seven minute thing we're gonna play it and i'll talk throughout it but frank luntz who's this like he's a he's made a, a, a fortune getting focus groups, political focus groups together and then asking them questions and then he takes that data and he sells the data to the Republicans and the Democrats. He's like uh, little think tanks. He went and sat and talked to like 15 Roy Moore voters. And some of the dialogue is fascinating. And I want to... I want to replay it and I want to stop and talk about it because I want... I want to try to bridge the gap. I got a lot of friends that just and I my I I don't know what it was, but I saw that the the, the kid being bullied video, and then I watched the Alabama Roy Moore voters uh, that thing on on Vice, and I was like I had a I had an epiphany. I'm like, wait a minute, these are not bad people, man. They're not out to get me. 
They don't think uh, they're not evil. They just have very clear ideas about what they think is good for the country and for them. And that's a lot of that has just been put on them by their own political party and they've gotten their talking points and we have just gotten so divided. And so I want to I want to watch this and we'll listen to it together and then I'm going to talk about where I agree with these people or I'm going to I'm going to try to defend these Roy Morvo cuz I do a lot of time on the show trying to make sense about how they're wrong. And what I want to do is I want to try to be as effective as possible. And sometimes I feel like I'm yelling into the wind and I'm like, okay, well, the the, the people that believe exactly like me are going to love the show. And the people that don't are going to hate it and they're both going to listen because of it. But I'm, I want to try something different. I want to really listen to these people on this vice thing and try to understand where they're coming from. And then I've got some of my own uh, rigam rule, my other some new opinions about the Roy Moore thing in Alabama. That's ha- that election is happening on Tuesday, and it's a pretty enormous litmus test on where we are as a society, as a country. And so we're going to break all of that down a little bit more. And then I want to get into this Jerusalem thing that's happened. And our president deciding that he's just going to come out and say that the capital of Israel is Jerusalem, which is problematic because uh, he's now alienated 1.5 billion Muslims who think that their most holy ground is also in Jerusalem. And we'll talk about the two-state solution and uh, some other treats on that. We'll be right back. In one second. Good to be here with you, Zoms. What time is it? It is ten fifty-two. All right. My voice is hanging in. So I'm sorry. It's hurting a little bit. All right. We'll be right back. It's the world's only twenty-four hour talk radio app. It's the morning drive. You're listening to the Shane Show app, and if you're listening to the iTunes download, just know that you can always listen to the show every night live from ten to twelve p.m. Just go to the Shane. Just download the Shane Show app. That's different than the podcast. You'll be hearing the uh, the podcast early in the morning. I think we're doing good. The numbers seem to be good. It feels good. It does feel good. We're in a good place. We'll be right back. Change. This is interesting because I think it's uh, I think that I, I was I was in a really good place when I was uh, when I was watching this, and I started to really kind of I wanted to understand where these people were coming from. And because you, you got to understand, we live in a we live in the United States of America. The, there are many different types of lifestyles going on in the United States of America. There, the, the way that you people live in Alabama is completely different than the way that I live. Yeah. <clears throat> Let me find this thing. Where is this damn thing? Okay. So Frank once went to Alabama. The, by the way, the whole. Uh, Alabama is because be it's a it's a flashpoint because of what's happening. Just to set this up, on Tuesday we are going to elect somebody, or I'm not, and Zombie's not, and uh, White Todd's not, and Chris isn't, and Danny's not, 
and my girlfriend's not, but the people of Alabama are going to elect a senator in a special election between Doug Jones, the Democrat, and Roy Moore, the Republican. And Roy Moore, over the last month, uh, and I think we can all agree because we're not living in Alabama and we're not part of the the programming that happens from the time you are zero until this is a deep red state. This is not a purple state. It doesn't. The last, uh, I believe, uh, the, in the in the presidential election since nineteen sixty. Alabama has only voted for one Democrat for president. And I, I, I think it's, I would, how about this? I don't know, but I would guess it was Clinton in 96 because he's uh, in Arkansas and from the South. And I would, I would guess they voted for him. But with the exception of that, it's gone Republican every election since 1960 in the presidential election. And I believe most of the, most of the I, I don't know how many house I don't know how many congressmen they have but all of them are Republican except for one both their senators have been Republican forever their governor is typically Republican this is not a fake toss-up state this isn't a purple sometimes sometimes this always is a Republican state so if you've grown up in Alabama your whole life, you pretty much hear one way of the political spectrum. It is there is a, there is no and this is there's not thankfully there are not that many states left in the United States like this. Mississippi, Alabama, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, Florida, Florida flips around a little bit. It's purple. It's gone blue. It's gone red. But there's that little section of the deep south that, for all intents and purposes, has been Republican forever. <clears throat> and when you grow up there, you are only around Republicans. So most of the time, you are only hearing one version of the political tale. So these people that this guy interviewed who are uh, supporting Roy Moore... I want you to understand that when you hear this, it's because it's going to be. I listened to it and I was like, I started to pull my hair out. Well, I don't have that any. I don't have any more hair. But I was like, this is insane the way these people were thinking. And then the aha moment happened. So hold on, I'm stealing this from Vice. Yes. Is Roy Moore a good Christian? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Without any doubt whatsoever. I do well, not, I do not know the necessarily. They're, well, let me ask you this. Nobody's perfect. Please explain nobody's perfect when you look at the things that he has been accused of. Accused That's the, is not found guilty. I want to know. Okay, so the, she's immediately defending him. Right. And the reason why one of these women is immediately defending him is because that's all she knows. All she knows is the Republican way of life. Right. All she knows is that... The Democrats are the boogeymen. Pelosi and Schumer and Hillary are the boogeyman. Right. And she has been told that over and over and over and over and over again a gajillion times since she, these these went these are not people that lived in California moved to Alabama. These are people that are born and raised in Alabama. This woman has been marketed to by the Republican Party for all of her life. 
Right. And probably nobody told her how few people actually get convicted in cases like this. We're just in. I'm, I'm not even talking about the specific case. I'm just her, immediately. She is looking for a way to defend him. Right. She said he wasn't convicted. So it's nothing we need to pay attention to. And you and I living not in Alabama and living in California mm-hmm. where it's, you know, it's becoming more and more blue. There are areas that are, that are red, uh, Orange County and then some other, but for the most part, this is a blue state. So we have, we have grown up or you have grown up here with a certain type of ideology being pushed towards you. Yeah. Yeah. You're not hearing a ton of the Republican ideology. You're hearing and and f- correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, and hopefully you're you're objective enough to under to answer this question. You hear Republican and you think bad. Well, today for A B C D and E. Today I hear Republican and I think why. But back in the day when I was growing up and learning what either of them meant, I didn't. I just thought one is one way and one is the other, and both have their ideas. And if you mix them together, that's probably the best idea. Okay, but everyone in your life, I'm just, we are a product of what we understand and what we know, what we're mm-hmm. taught. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 and the, I think this is, a, this is another reason why I was born to do what I do, is because I have a ton of life experience. I lived in a place like Alabama until I was 18 years old. I was, I was, I was fully indoctrinated with the Republican ideology. Mm -hmm. And then I moved here in 1989 as a 19 year old kid and had, I had crazy views or what I would consider crazy now because I got out of the, the because I got out of the little uh, little uh, patch of Republican uh, ideology and I moved to a blue state and a more liberal state I uh, I got to understand that gays aren't evil mm. they're not out to kill me they're not fucking here to spread disease they're not uh, the end of the world uh, what are uh, Jews uh, certain things about blacks there are certain things about the the big city. Uh, there were lots of different things that, as a result of living my life in Los Angeles for the last twenty eight years and watching us exist together, I have been able to. Because there are some things that I hold on to from like my conservative principles that that, that I was indoctrinated with as a kid. And there's some, and and I think that I you guys all hate on me for that shit. But that, I don't care about that. A, you know, pay, I'm a pay, I'm a patriotic guy. I believe in the Second Amendment. I believe uh, I believe that we do we do give away too much money uh, to the federal government. I believe that we need to instead of uh, instead of just throwing money at people, uh, we need to say here's the deal: you uh, need to be responsible in order. How about this? Uh, way off topic. But Scott Walker, who's the governor of Wisconsin, he is going to make welfare recipients he's trying to pass a law that they need to be mandatorily drug tested is that for everybody or just the poor people that's for anybody that is asking for for welfare so only poor people hold on a second anybody asking for welfare no because people who are getting uh really big welfare like the uh big White white collar guys, they're not getting drug tested. What about those fellows? Well, the white collar guys aren't asking anybody. Yeah, you get tax cuts all the time. How's that not? Well, no, no. Anybody that needs welfare, 
people if that you're are getting out of work from the government Unemplo- in yes. any way. I don't care if it's a small or a big. If you want to bring in drug testing, everybody should be drug tested. That would be really funny and cute. Okay, but if everybody gets drug tested, mm-hmm. everybody who asks for government assistance of any kind, of any kind, yeah, you're cool with everybody being drug tested. Yep. Okay. As long as it's not just poor people. Right. I don't. I don't. I don't understand what you mean by that. I. I agree with you. Anybody that is asking the government for money, for assistance, should they be drug tested? And if they do, if they and they te- and they test positive for a banned substance, should they no longer be eligible for benefits? Yeah, or at least be referred to somebody to help them because I don't really think being a drug addict is a crime. I think it's a health issue. Well, I understand that it's a health issue. I'm asking. Uh, I'm asking on some level. The, the again, I I don't under I don't actually know where I stand on that issue. I do know this. I know that we throw too much money away, uh, and I'm a fiscal conservative. I feel like we need to set up programs that help people get themselves up out of their uh, uh, help them up by their boots <laughs> bootstraps get them situated and then get them off welfare i don't want people on welfare their whole lives nobody I don't wants think, that no that's not true that's a that's an argument there's lots of people that are just fine being on welfare for the rest of their lives because that's what they've been taught or learned uh, in the big city church. let's listen to this woman church every time the doors are open doesn't mean I don't believe and God doesn't expect us to be perfect but he does expect us to try and repent of our sins he's not my choice I'm not voting for him because I like him I'm voting for him because I don't want Doug Jones but Roy Moore is entitled to the presumption of innocence in the law and in the Bible just like anybody else should be their only accusations there have been no charges filed all you have is a group of women that have come forward how and many? said how many seven more. Now, there's really three. Higher. How many women have to come forward before you say, wait a minute, where there's smoke, there's fire? It doesn't matter about legitimacy, not just how many. Exactly. How many are actually not being paid or being coerced to do this? How many of them do you think are being paid? All of them. All of them? Okay, so this is what, no, hold on. I know you want to just start freaking out, and I did too. I'm like, how can these people be this stupid? How can they be this small-minded? How can they be this? How can they? That's all they know. No, it's I, all yeah, they, I don't it's, think that at all. It's all they're being taught. They've been you know, there's there are evil creeps running around the Republican Party, the guys in power, and they're writing down the message points because a lot of these people aren't educated enough, or don't educate themselves enough, or where they go to get educated is from the stream of information from the Republican uh, establishment. Or the that are feeding them this shit so that they can keep their votes. Right. And also think about all the responsibility that comes with admitting that, yes, you believe this person and everything that happened. They would have to totally go back on everything they've been saying this whole time. I just when you when you get a group of people together in Alabama and all and Roy Moore, Roy Moore voters and they all raise their hands and say, oh, they're all being paid. It's uh, oh. it's stunning. And again, I don't. The part that for me that's uh, the, the the part for me and this is where I, I I these aren't bad people, these are not bad people we're listening to, they're just they're brainwashed from a from a Republican 
talking point memo and the uh, whether it's uh, whether it's through their pastor you know they, you, they go to church on sunday i'm sure most of these people and the pastor is telling them vote this way vote that way the democrats are evil this that, and these people from the bully pulpit they were tax-free entities these churches uh, the the guys in charge are the are the bad people not these people or to do this how many of them do you think are being paid all of them. All of them? All of them. By show of hands, how many of you think all the women are being paid? Seriously. To me, there are only two women that maybe have a smoking gun, but, you know, the women's their reputations were questionable at the time. Is this how you want to be treated as a woman if something were to happen to you? Do you want to be dismissed that way? Better have proof. You know. Oh, you know. We don't have proof. She said you better have proof. No, it doesn't sound like it went beyond there were still clothes on. It doesn't sound like it went beyond anything. And that as soon as the girl said she wasn't comfortable, he took her home. Uh, I guess my question is, you blame her. She's 14. I, I'm not blaming her. I'm blaming both of them. So I didn't say that I thought he was without son. It's possible he did it, but it's possible that he could be forgiven for, I don't think he raped her. Uh, and let's be real. He, it was a different world. That woman is the closest to believing these women's stories. I mean, listen, this is regardless if you're listening from Alabama, regardless of what your talking points are, or what you've been indoctrinated to, or how these people are feeding you your information. And there are people in Alabama that listen to this show. And we're going to have one on tomorrow night for quickly the, the night before because I want to ask him. He's a Doug Jones guy, but I want to ask him about the current climate in Alabama. This woman doesn't believe Roy Moore. She believes the women. But because she has been so, uh, she has been pounded into thinking that the Democrats are evil and that the Republicans are going to stand for the life of the unborn or whatever their thing is, she is going to try to find any way to vote for Roy Moore. And it's not her fault. This, this is the thing. This was the aha moment for me. I live in California. It's a very liberal place. It's super blue. We let, we, we, we're trying to leave everybody alone for the most part. You want to do whatever it is you want to do, go do it as long as you're not hurting me. And let's, uh, let's try to do the best that we can to organize and, uh, and, uh, and to do, we're doing our best. These people are also doing their best with the information that, they, that is being provided to them and for the last couple of weeks, I've been so sad and heartbroken thinking to myself, how could this man be elected in the state of Alabama with all of these charges and thinking to myself, the world is real. It's these people are sheep. That's all. They're just sheep. I was going to say, it's like he's a cult leader. That's so that's weird. 40 years ago in Alabama. Uh, people could get married at 13 and 14 years old. My grandmother at 13 was married at 15, had two children and a husband. Now, we might think that's crazy, but culturally, in the South, there is less of an age thing that goes on in people's minds, right? I, when I was 34, I dated an 18-year-old girl. One of the great relationships ever. Wonderful woman. 
girl woman. I wouldn't call her a woman. She was still a you know, she was a girl woman. She right. was 18 years old. She was going to college. I was 34. She made me feel extremely excited about life. I had come out of a very depressing relationship. I was like, my God, this is a bright light and the youth and her energy. And I was like, this is amazing and wonderful. And I'm going to take the beating of my life. Like I knew I was going to get mm. crushed. That's cultural there. And I'm not saying illegal is okay. But when you, I think that, and again, I'm not saying that what Roy Moore did was right. It's not, and it's creepy, and he's way past the pale. This man is completely unfit to lead anybody, yeah. let alone uh, be a senator from the state of Alabama. This is a pedophile creep who needs to be locked up. However, life isn't black and white. There is gray. Culturally, a 35 or a 38-year-old man, if he sees a 20-year-old girl, mm -hmm. there's not the same stigma that there would be in New York or Detroit or California. Uh, there just isn't. Uh, this is It's more... It's more, uh, it's more, it's more accepted, I believe, in the South. I hear you, but out of these own women's mouths, they didn't want him to do that. I'm, I'm not. Wait, I'm not arguing Roy Moore. I'm arguing these people's thoughts. That's all. Their brains, and they've been indoctrinated by the Republican Party since the day they were born. They've been told their whole lives that the Democrats are evil, and so when you've got all forty years of that believing that and you find out your candidate is a rapist or a pedophile, you, because it's scary to think outside what you've been taught your whole life, it's super terrifying to step outside of that. Instead, I'm going to find any reason I can to make it okay to stay where I am, right? Yes, and so yes. now we've just listened to five minutes of excuses of why it's okay for Roy Moore to behave the way that he is. And a job. If Roy Moore was guilty, if, if he was at the mall hitting on this 14-year-old, 40 years ago in Alabama, there's a lot of mamas and daddies that'd be thrilled that their 14-year-old was getting hit on by a district attorney. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. know what that means. I don't, is that... Because uh, he's got a good job. And she's 14? Because that's going to be her future husband. I don't, is that, is that a cultural... Because I, I, I do believe this. It's... It's super Christian and super religious in Alabama. There's a an ev the evangelical base is insane. So my question is when you're born and you're raised if you're a 14-year-old girl or a 15-year-old girl and there's a 35-year-old man who's established and has a job and you know he's going to take care of you for the rest of your life and you I'm just listening. I know I'm trying it's to not find LA. It's just hard. It's Ugh. not LA. They didn't grow up in uh. Garden Grove and it it's not fast. It's super slow. And you think to your I do parents look and go, "Oh my god, he's 34. He's the DA. She's 15. He's only she's only going to be with one man her whole life because she's a good Christian girl, he's going to take care of her. I would, uh, I would accept you dating my daughter. 
I, I'm just Filth. listening. He said that he noticed his wife for the first time when his wife was something like 15. Right. And again, recital. I'm not like, I'm bleh. not defending Roy Moore. I am not. Roy Moore is a rapist. Yeah. He is a pedophile. But I'm I'm just trying to understand where normal Alabamans are coming from. I dated an older man at 16. So we don't really How old was he? 31. I'm not going to say that the 14-year-old, uh, that's, I don't believe her, to be honest. The one that said she was 14, I don't believe her. Why? No. <laughs> it just doesn't. Well, no, because the Republicans have told me my whole life that the Democrats are evil, so I'm going to find any reason at all to believe him. Um, but for all of us, as a woman, I think we've pretty much all been in the situation where there's been a sexual harassment. I mean, think about what you're saying. You're calling all nine of those women liars. Nine women. When it happened to you, didn't you want people to trust you? I never told anybody. And is that I good either? And if I was going to tell somebody, I would not have waited 38 years to tell. That's okay. So she, this is where she gets her own conundrum up. She's like, I've never told anybody. Right. Why haven't you told anybody? Hello. Because of all of the different reasons that the women are coming for. <laughs> exactly. And she's saying, oh, but these they waited 40 years. I'd have said something right away. Well, no, you didn't. You've never said anything your whole life. Right. It's fucking fascinating. Really? I w- that's what's mind-boggling. Why wait till now? at an election to come forward and say, oh. Okay, Frank, what you're wanting to know is we got a bunch of conservatives here and you want to know why we're going to vote for Roy Moore. Uh, My wife went to high school with Roy. She said in high school, Roy was a hard worker, an American success story, if you will. He always aimed for higher things. However, neither she nor I have ever voted for Roy up until now. And we intend to vote for Roy because of the opponent that's running. Right now, as far as I'm concerned, we've probably got two miserable candidates. In my opinion, we ought to go with a conservative. We ought to go with somebody that we know is going to vote conservative. And that's what I... Let me ask you a question. This guy just said we have two miserable candidates. Mm -hmm. So if we have two miserable candidates, I'm going to vote for my guy. They're conservative. Why didn't that happen with Hillary? Like, why did not not happen with Hillary and uh, and Trump? They were two terrible candidates. Clearly, the one is out of his mind and unfit and a crazy person. But the for the Democrats that crossed over to vote for Trump, why does the Republic? I don't. It's always for the Republican line always seems to hold right. Like I know that my guy's terrible, but I can't vote for the Democrat. So they're just, uh, even though this guy is a rapist and a pedophile, they are going to find a million different reasons on how that's not true, and they don't have proof, and they came out 40 years late, and they just messed up the yearbook, and this guy has been a leader and a trusted servant of the state of Alabama for four, like they are going to come up with any reason to make those allegations not true, because... If they are true, and they have to accept those, the idea that this guy is a pedophile, if they allow the truth in, 
then they have to start thinking differently about their entire lives. It's not just a vote in Alabama. They now have to open themselves up to, oh, shit, maybe all Republicans aren't good. Oh, right. It's not very Christian. (laughs) How How does Christian moral values that Roy Moore talks about over and over and over and over again in his speech, it's all this guy's done has been a culture warrior and talked about pro-life and and morals and and if this guy is a pedophile then i've got to rethink about a thousand different things in my life and what i actually believe and so it's just easier for these people that are sitting here in this room it's just easier and a lot less scary yeah to buy the republican line and listen to the guy above me and my pastor and say oh they're allegations because the the alternative is too scary. Roy Moore is not a miserable man. This man has more integrity than you can find in the entire Congress right now. <laughs> no. why? why How that does she that know is that? not. Well, first of all, that's not a that you, that's not an evil woman. That woman has been taught that. She really believes it. Did you hear her conviction? I mean, she completely believes that. But this is not the. the <sighs> Don't fall for the George Soros assassination plan. The truth well, will come out. These women are all going to be proven, just like the 16 that went against President Trump, just right before the election. What about the, the women who went against Bill Clinton? The accusers of Clinton, everybody knows he's a womanizer. Well, people think the same thing. Okay, so the because they're Republicans, because they've grown up their whole lives being indoctrinated with conservative ideology... The nine accusers of Roy Moore are lying. Right. The 16 accusers of Donald Trump are lying. Also. Oh, but Bill Clinton's people, they're real. But everybody knew. He but everybody knows Bill. He, so what do we, okay, so this is the this is the positive thing. And then I'm going to play a song. We don't have to play the rest of this. This is the positivity. These people aren't bad people. They're not evil. They are heavily, heavily under the spell of decades of bad information. There is no other. It's the deepest, most red state in the United States of America. There's only a couple of states like this. That's the good news. The good news is that in the most, in the deepest, most red of states, this is the this election is razor thin. There, it's like a two point swing, fifty one forty nine. In the deepest of red, uh, it's super close. These people are not bad people. They're confused, or I think they're confused, and I think they're crazy, and I think they've lived in a they're they're living in a they're living in a dreamland of of ideology that's been pushed on them since they were three years old. But the good news is that they're not bad people. I was personalizing for the last month. I've been personalizing the state, the entire state of Alabama, thinking to myself, how could they just? 
They don't know any better. They've only known one message for 45, 50 years. And when you ask them to to maybe think about it, it's too scary for them to do that. So they're just going to lie to themselves and elect this guy because that's all they know. It's not because they're bad. And that was a huge, huge Huge moment for me. These are not bad people. They're fu- they're 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 uneducated, or they're getting only one education, you know, uh, one form of uh, of uh, information. And you know what? I don't have to live in Alabama. Yeah, you don't have to live in Alabama. Thank God. These people live in Alabama, and they then they and they're voting for their senator to represent them. Roy Moore doesn't represent me. He doesn't re- represent anybody in this room. He represents the state of Alabama. And if you, as a Democrat, or you who, do, do, if you believe in the, if you believe in a more liberal di- ideology, you've got more work to do if you live in the state of Alabama. That's all. You've got to get out there and you've got to create the effective change for yourself in the state in which you live, or m- m- move. These people are happy there. They got got fucking decent, simple lives. They're not worried about anything much. They're worried about God and getting to church on Sunday and making sure the pie is cooked on Wednesday and making sure the gay people stay out (laughs) and making sure the health of my baby, you know, you can't kill my kid. (laughs) Let them have Alabama. It's theirs. It's not ours. It's not personal. Those people don't know anything other than what they've been taught. And it's the deepest, most red place in America. This is not the this is not the nation as a whole. Most of the nation is either purple or blue. It's a swing or it's blue, but it's it's not bad. What's going on is Listen, I want this guy to lose. I, I, I want Doug Jones to win. I don't want a pedophile in the United States Senate. But this is what I do want. I want the voices of the people of Alabama to be heard. And if they elect this guy, the Senate needs to seat him. Really? Of course. Ugh. Aren't they going to do that ethics thing on him? Isn't he going to get in trouble anyway because they're going to find out that everything that happened was true because they can't prove it? This is what's going to happen. Best case scenario, Doug Jones wins. Donald Trump is 180% in on this guy now with robocalls and going to do the speeches. If he, if Doug Jones beats him, then he's beaten Trump. And it's a huge, huge, uh, it's a huge loss for Donald Trump. So best case, Doug Jones wins. Worst case is Roy Moore wins. He's properly seated in the Senate because the voters of Alabama elected him. Mm -hmm. And then McConnell puts him in front of an ethics investigation, which will happen immediately. Right. And then people have to go under oath. Right. And when people go under oath, then we're going to find out that Roy Moore is a pedophile. Right. Or he's going to go to prison for lying. One or the other.
So what is he even doing? He thinks he's invincible. He's Trump part two. It's not. There is no end game for him. He just he is fighting the evil Democrats. He's fighting Schumer and Pelosi and the evil George Soros. Wherever she came, she must have heard that on Fox News. Uh, George Soros, the liberal billionaire, is spending. He's trying to take away your right to life and this, that, and the other. Worst case scenario, we're going to get to the bottom of this when he gets seated. But uh, listen. We have to respect the Constitution of the United States of America. The people of Alabama, are if they elect this guy, we've got to seat this dude. And then guess what we're going to do? We're going to hang this dude around every Republican's neck in the next election. The Republican Party is the, is the party of pedophiles. <laughs> the Republican Party is the party of sexual abusers. Look no further than the President and Roy Moore. It's not one... One would be like whatever, but you've got the president of the United States who's uh, who's uh, uh, on tape saying I grab him by the pussy, and Roy Moore is a child rapist. That's the rep- none of this is good for the Republicans either way. And to the citizens of Alabama, I'll come visit you because I'm fascinated and interested, but I don't ever got to live there. And just know that the majority of the things you believe are good or right or good for this country, it doesn't matter. Take care of your own business in Alabama. Elect this pedophile. But understand that that's not where this country as a whole is. And you're going to find that out in 2018 when we hang this dude around every Republican running in the Congress and the Senate. We'll be right back. It's the world's only 24-hour talk radio app. It's the morning drive. Shake All right. It is. Oh. I like that song. I was away smoking a cigarette. I'd listen to that again. You know, Alabama's none of our business. It's not, right, Zoms? I guess. It's I not. I feel like that. No, no, but it isn't. It's just a bunch of people that believe one way and they ain't got nothing to do. And it's the worst place in this fucking world to live. But they're happy there. It's none of our business. This is the other thing that's so shocking. Only 25% of the registered voters in Alabama are even going to vote on Tuesday. So three out of four aren't even going to vote. If you're not voting in Alabama on Tuesday on this one, what are you voting for? You're never going to the polls. Nothing. Those people really don't want to vote at all. This is the most insane election in the history of Alabama, if you, and only one in four are even going to care enough to go? This is so crazy to me that like 50 years from now, we're going to be looking back and be like, mm, yeah, but only like 20% of the country was deciding all of that, and everybody else just went along because they didn't vote, so they felt stupid. Like, I, what I, are we doing? And by the way, most of the people in Alabama, listen, you know what? Fuck it. Alabama, you're ridiculous. I, I, I don't ever, I just, all I got to do, I've been there. I went to Birmingham, or I don't remember. I was going. I went there to die. Uh, I was on a. I went. I, <laughs> I've told this story, right? About how I got catfished. Yes. And I ended up in Alabama with no money and a girl, and she picked me up. And then I was at her house for a month, trying to kill myself with booze and drugs and uh, pills. And uh, it was like I was. I did. I did not think of it. I went to Alabama to die. Well, That's the most the worst place in the world, this place. Three out of every four people, if you're listening in Alabama, 75% of you, they're predicting 
when they go and do their research, 75% of you don't have an opinion about Roy Moore or Doug Jones? Mm. 75% of you don't care that you are possibly going to elect a pedophile? I just, it's fascinating, man. One out of four people in Alabama are expected to vote on Tuesday. And you wonder why your your state is a cesspool. It, it's the it's like the worst education. Number forty eight in education. You get, everybody's broke. It's like ridiculous, Alabama. But you know what? They like it there. The one out of every four are going to vote for Roy Moore, and you just have your little deep red Alabama. You're the only thing that's uh, the only thing that's uh, halfway interesting about Alabama is your football team. And none of the kids that go play football in Alabama are from Alabama. Alabama's a pointless endeavor. It makes me sad. It shouldn't make you sad. Don't personalize it. They're just running around on their tractors and their hillbillies and uh, and screaming the N-word and and going to church. It's not Alabama specifically that makes me sad. It's people who don't vote and just won't get out of that mindset of my vote does not matter because it so does. It so does. I want to get into this. The mental health crisis among young Americans by the numbers. And then we're going to get out of here. I think we're close to the two hour. One in five American young adults under the age of 25, lives with a mental illness or behavioral disorder, NBC reports, citing the Centers for Disease Control and Prevent. That's not fake news, that's CDC. Mm-hmm. They're pretty legitimate. One in five American young adults under the age of 25 lives with a mental illness. This is the big picture. It says, per the CDC's research, the state of young adult mental health in the U.S. is only worsening with the suicide rate among teenage girls reaching a 40-year high in 2015. How many teenage girls killed themselves last year, Zoms? Uh, This is some other numbers. 15 million or one in five American children and young adults battle mental illness or learning disorders. 10 million or two-thirds of them are undiagnosed. And among children ages 3 to 17, six and a half of them are diagnosed with ADHD, and 3% suffer from anxiety, 2% suffer from depression. So they have the 2007 results. It says, in 2015, five girls per 100,000 committed suicide compared to 14 boys. All right, so the boys are killing themselves at a far crazier rate than the chicks? They always have been, but it says right here, the suicide rate fell in 2007, 3.7 to 2.4. It's because you chicks are pussies. Well, you guys have always been killing yourselves more than us. But I, know, I guess in we, recent years, we got it's nuts. Been getting higher. We have balls. We have balls. Yeah. And when we talk ourselves into the big fucking finish, oh yeah, we have the balls to do it. You guys are yeah. Oh, you guys are soft. You're chicks. You think about oh, we it. Don't and you're do like, it. We're I don't not like hurt aggressive myself. enough with our. Yeah, yeah. You're like I'm too much of a. <laughs> I'm too much of a pussy to do this. No. <laughs> That's what it is. It's got to be what it is. And the reason, you want to know why the reason why, if you're out there and you're listening and you're a young lady, I know why you hate yourself. And I know why you think about killing yourself. And I know why your life sucks. Why's that? Well, do you want me to tell you or do you not? Oh, please. I have no idea. Tell me. This is why you little girls, this is why your lives suck and why you think about killing yourself. You got to get off the social media. Oh, 
No, no, you do. Just the, girls? Hold on a second. I'm just talking about the girls right now because that's part of the thing. And this is in the social media is definitely way more. Girls are definitely way more affected by social media than than boys. Now listen to me. Listen to my argument. We live in a society and a culture where women are objectified and sexualized from the fucking moment we can, because corporate America is trying to sell you the new makeup and the new eyeshadow and the blush and the and what do we teach you? Because we live in this terrible culture. And clearly we're in a revolution and it's exciting and I can't wait to see where it goes. However, currently, right now, a young girl wakes up at 13 years old when it's the most, uh, this is when you're becoming a sexual being for the first time, meaning you're going through puberty. Right. And you're having your periods or whatever that is. Jesus Christ, I don't even want to think about this if I have a daughter. But you are realizing your sexualness, right? Right. And you're going to junior high. And society is teaching you immediately that you've got to look this way, that way, this way, this way, this way, this way. Buy this product. Get here. Look at this uh, limp, pl- uh, this lip plumper. This uh, this thing makes your butt look good because it's all set up so that w- so that we can pred- uh, we can predate you or pred- uh, predate whatever. Prey on you, yeah. Prey on you, right, as men, because that's the society we've built. And the girls get on these things, and all they're doing for the most part because we are visual uh, we we're we're visualizing you and sexualizing you as a society little girls are getting on these internets and these social medias and these facebooks and these instagrams and these snapchats and they're kind they're not you're on there most of the time uh, to end up feeling shitty about yourself. I don't look yeah. like her. Like if what? I only had that dress, if my boobs were only big like hers, why haven't I developed yet? We are in a constant state of turning girls against themselves and making them feel bad about who they are because we're such dipshits as a society right now with this digital age and the social media and being the first people to ever be able to use it we're not thinking about how to save the planet or organize money to say we're thinking about people uh, how I look and uh, what are you wearing and what are, and, and there's my boyfriend and the, and the and we 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 don't ever we have not set this up correctly we don't we, we women turn on themselves yeah they're not helping each other right, out right. and the the worst part you're too, all is trying to you... parse each other out to be the one that we pick right and even if you do manage to be the one that gets picked you're still not like enough. someone will still fuck with you're you you're still anyway. not yeah. enough because i still gotta sell you something mm-hmm. and in order to sell you something i gotta make you feel like you're not enough or you need this in order to be enough or to stay enough it's a double bind it's really there's no this is enough. why these girls are killing themselves on the internet so more than ever at a 40-year high What's different in the last 40 years? The internet. If you're a, if you're a parent, uh, you're stupid for being a parent this age. Huh. You're stupid. I, you guys were idiots. You fucked up. If you've got a 14 or a 12-year-old daughter right now, you're an idiot. You got because you, you got to really triple down on your parenting, man. You got to make sure you know where your daughter's getting on these interwebs. 
They're sitting on that Instagram all day long thinking about how they're not enough. With the president as the example there. Well, I mean, we don't even, I don't even need to move into that. It's just, this is a young girl's, I'm going to just tell you this. You are not objects. If you were out there and you were 15 or 18 or 22 or fuck, there's 40-year-old girls that are still treating, the women that are still treating themselves like this. You are not objects. You are beautiful things regardless of the way you look. Now, clearly, I can make fun of your weight or this or that or the other because I'm a radio show host and I'll feel bad about it later. But for right now, I'm being serious and you have a lot to offer and you've got to get out of that looking at or down in the internets and uh, constantly making yourself feel bad because you don't have something. Because that's what most women are doing on the internet. They're they're, they're they're trolling each other. They're looking at other people. Oh my God, she looks great there. Oh my God, oh my, what are you going to do? Oh my God, I have the thing. And I got to, and what, what's, where's those shoes? And what, it's, uh, I, I, I've seen this with grown women. Grown women do the same thing. There are, I know hundreds of grown 35 to 45 year old women that are using the internet to make themselves feel bad. Uh, and we don't have our we don't have our heads wrapped around this social media yet. And so for right now, young girls are going to kill themselves because they spend 15 hours a day on the Internet trying to figure out how they're not enough. Get your fucking kid off the Internet, especially if it's a girl. Get her off the Internet. In the meantime, I've got a solution to that problem. What is your solution? More women. I like it. Than ever before. Are planning to run for Congress. Oh, that's the best thing I ever heard. This is, uh, and by the way, you know, we can argue all day long about Trump and what he's done, and he's been an awful uh, presence to this country. But with everything that's been really bad, there's also been some amazing good. And this would not be happening if it ha- if this guy hadn't been elected. It says, as of December 7th, there were 369 women running or planning to run for Congress in 2018 according to a Rutgers University Center for American Women in Politics, which would be the most women House candidates ever. The number is subject to change as the filing deadlines for most states are months away. One reason. Well, I mean, I already told you the reason, but I'll let these people do it too. Following President Trump's election, and particularly since the Women's March, women have been more energized and driven to get involved. Another factor is the sexual harassment awakening that has taken the country by storm and involved the president as well as several male members. Emily's List president, Stephanie Schrock, told the Times more than 22,000 women have reached out about running since Trump's election compared to 1,000 women in the 10 months prior. Wow. More than 15,000 women have contacted she should run since Trump's election And Anita Dunn, the former communications director for President Barack Obama, told the Times, the year is ending on this note of women who are stepping forward, finding their voices in many ways, doing the classic, we are mad as hell and we aren't going to take it anymore. Yeah. This is very, very good news. That's amazing. If you... uh, I I have thought, uh, this is... And I don't know... Listen, and again, I'm not saying this to get brownie points with the chicks. But six months ago, I looked at my girl and I said, you know what? You should run for Congress. I'll move us to a district where there's a soft spot, right? And we get involved because I, there are plenty of opportunities. And honey, if you're listening, I I always, I'll always continue. I know you want to be your actors in the thing, but I, you would be an amazing Congresswoman. 
She would be perfect. And if you're out there, and well, except for me, she'd have to hide. You know the fact that I mean, you would see her dragging me to a campaign event. It would be it would be all over, right? In fact, you you can actually you. I'll pretend not to be your boyfriend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're just I'm just some person you feel bad for, and maybe even get a lesbian uh, beard. Like you know what I mean? Like a couple lesbian because then that really. But anyway. This is an exciting thing because this is all, to, it's all women in positions of power and of uh, influence. The more numbers there are, and I believe this is just the simple math, for the last 200 years, it's mostly been old white men mm-hmm. that are in charge or, or setting policy, correct? Correct. And in that last 240 years, things have been going pretty well for me. Right. Right? They have, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, in order to change that, we need women and people of color to look in the mirror, wake up, after graduating college and you've had that job and you're thinking to yourself, like, I couldn't do this. I couldn't run for Congress. I mean, there's just the thing and I don't know how to raise money and I just wouldn't know where to start and I don't know where to go. No, this is not. that We are done with the I can'ts. We are done with the no, there's no ways or that's not for a woman. That's no, 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 no. This is 15,000 women in the last 10 months have at least looked on this website to to at least consider the idea that running might be a good thing. And I'm here to tell you that it is. I am the old white man. I am telling you the secret. I'm going to give you the secret. Run. Yes. Run and become a congresswoman or a senator. If you do that, you will wrestle power from the old white man. Because if more women are in Congress and more women run at the state level, you will start to set policy that is helpful for women. It's just that simple. It made me very, very happy to read this. 15,000 women have contacted she should run. The cat's out of the fucking bag, man. It's a good thing. We got we to gotta go. My voice is destroyed. I had fun today. Yeah, it was a good time. Langerville? Fuck. Fuck you. <laughs> Can you see? Voice hurts. Why don't you run? Well. Oh, I could never. I mean, I. Have you thought about anything in the localness of Garden Grove? Is there a school board? Is there a city? You should look at that. I don't think that's my job. It isn't. No, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff you got to do before you can have that job. Okay. Or like be able to do, I guess. But I just don't think that I could. The admitting to the gangbang porn on the air too might probably might be, wasn't hot. Yeah. Might be very unhelpful. Yeah. 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 Although you never know. All you out there, you sickos, I'm sure there's a lot of broads with some weird shit going on in their heads <laughs> that we've created for them. All right, tomorrow night, Vanger and Danny are back. I think we've got Yesenia and Danny. Yay. That'll be nice to end wifey week. I'm sorry, Brute McScoot won't be with us. Tampa Bay lost today. 
We are now officially eliminated from the playoffs. Also capping the worst year of my football life. It's crazy I didn't shoot myself, Todd. I get super depressed when my football teams aren't doing well. It's a... How about this? Getting into that fandom thing. I was watching that game today. This is like a wraparound from an hour and 38 minutes ago, but we'll, you know, we'll get back to it. I was watching the Philadelphia Eagle fans. They haven't won a, they've never won a Super Bowl. They're in a big city. They've got a massive following. And they turned that game today in Los Angeles into a home game, basically. There were more Eagle fans there than there were Ram fans, or it was close. And I have to tell you, whether you would understand sports, don't understand sports, the sense of community that you feel as a fan when you connect yourself to something like that, it's important for... I know that sports don't primarily speak to women first and men it does. But, you know, I have the community of being a Nebraska football fan or I, I have I am a member of that community. And I have to tell you, there is there is a sense of belongingness and unity of purpose that makes me feel good about who I am. I'm not ridiculous and idolatry uh, idolatried out about this certain dudes. Yes, I'm like, oh my god, that's a thing. But the it's the set, it's the belonging and the entire state coming together for one thing, which is to root for this team, and it gives us pride because there's nothing really to be prideful about about being from Nebraska other than the college football team. And then within that, you make relationships and friendships. And there have been moments in my life where my son and I had nothing to talk about. He was angry at me. I had been a bad dad. But we still loved each other, and we still wanted to connect, and we still wanted to be a part of each other's lives, and we had football because we were connected through that sense of community and through that sense of unity. Lots of great things happen as a result of being a fan of a sports team. It brings people together, and it also belies or belays the idea that there is something out there that's bigger than me. To be a part of a whole instead of it being about you can be a very, very powerful thing, and a lot of these things you learn without even knowing that you're learning them when you follow a sports team. By the way, the L.A.'s, there's a lot of people don't like each other in L.A. There's the browns and the blacks and the whites and the gays, and there's all this shit and this and that, and I can't go in that neighborhood. But when the Lakers win a world title and you feel the entire city come together to root and enjoy and to be prideful about something, that it connects. I've watched it. I hate the Lakers. But I took my kid to a Laker parade because he was a Laker fan because he grew up in Los Angeles. And I got to tell you that the the city of Los Angeles felt a little kinder on those days. And the differences between uh, each other felt a little less different. 
Sports is not a bad thing. Being a fan of something is not a bad thing. Community is a good thing. And it changes things inside of you when you don't really even know it's happening. Then I'll get off that. <laughs> Undefeated first LeBrad, Jimmy Bonney to Finch. Thank you. I am struggling, man. My voice. Whew. Undefeated first LeBrad, Jimmy Bonney to Finch. Thank you. Shamrock Social Club, Cody and Mark. Thank you. If you want gear, go to infiniteexpression.com. There's all kinds of stuff. Shane Show Gear, Vangerville. Ask for Josh. Hit his, uh, hit his website. Buy a hat. If you're listening to the show right now on the uh, Apple iPod or the the iTunes, if you're listening to the podcast right now, this show is live every night from 10 to 12 on the Shane Show app. You can get a part of the community. You can hit the app. You can ask questions. I usually answer them. Sometimes I don't, but that's okay. Just uh, we're very, very excited. Tell a friend. Also, it's super helpful if you rate us or review us or hit the five-star thing or even if you want to spend it. If, if I've done something to make you really think, you can just write a little sentence down. Shane made me think because the more we get those, the more it bumps up and the more it bumps up, the more ad revenue we can charge and then everyone's happy and no one has to work and it's all good and thank you so much. Pace, thank you. Zombie, thank you. Thank you, Danny, thank you. Vanger, thank you. Boston Powers, my voice is out. I love you. I am so happy to be your dad.